Welcome to the Sharp Angles Betting Podcast. I'm Ryan McChrystal. Thanks for joining me for our final episode of the year. Since prop betting obviously increases during Super Bowl week, we're going to focus exclusively on player props in this episode. I'm just going to go position by position, talk about some of the ones that I like most heading into this rams Bengals matchup. Uh, so starting off with quarterbacks, let's kick things off with Joe Burrow. And my favorite prop for Burrow, and maybe my favorite prop on the whole slate this week, is the under on his longest rush, which is set to 9.5 yards. It actually opened at 8.5, so it's uh, the line has increased um, and since I'm on the under, I'm pretty excited about that because I liked it at under eight and a half already. I think this is a big overreaction to Burrow having a few long, really important runs on third down against the Chiefs um, because those are obviously very high profile, pivotal moments in that game that everybody was watching. Um, and I think maybe it gave people the wrong impression about what Burrow's scrambling uh, has meant to the Bengals this year. It's he. He doesn't run. He's capable of it. Obviously, we saw him do it a couple of times. He did it much more often in college um, and slightly more often during his rookie year as well. But um, since you know the Bengals have become a more efficient passing team this year, he just doesn't run that often anymore. I just It just isn't necessary. Um, he had that one 11-yard scramble versus the Chiefs on third down. That was only his second run of the year of 10 or more yards. And the over-under is set to nine and a half. And so obviously there've only been two games where he's gone over that because he's only done it twice this year. Um, and But there's some specific things to this matchup too that make me think that um, his rushing is even less likely uh, to open up in this game against the Rams than it was against the Chiefs. Burroughs had 49 rush attempts this year and only four of those have come against the Blitz for gains of three, three, four, and five yards. So against the Rams, who are a pretty heavy blitzing team, they have the fifth highest blitz rate in a neutral game script this year. Against a team like that, we would think that his odds of having an opportunity to scramble are decreased because he's not scrambling against the blitz at all. Uh, Last week against the Chiefs, they only blitzed Burrow 17% of the time. So obviously that was a game based on how the Chiefs handled Burrow where he was likely to have more opportunities to run. So he had more opportunities. He took advantage of it. Um, You know, obviously he's capable of it like we saw, but it just hasn't been a big part of the Bengals offense this year. In fact, even if we lower the threshold um, to seven or more yards, Burroughs had 10 carries all year for seven of more yards. And if you look at how those occurred, I think it really highlights why it's unlikely for him to have a long run against this Rams defense uh, eight of those 10 carries for seven of more yards came on third down and five or more yards so burrow just like in the chiefs game he's really reserving his scrambles for third and long on those opportunities and all eight of those that we were just talking about in those third and long situations all eight of those came when the defense did not blitz so for burrow to have a long run basically what we need is a situation where he's in third and five or more yards and we need the defense to not blitz. Now, on the year, Burrow has averaged seven third and five or longer situations per game. So we're basically, he's he to pick this up, he needs it to happen in one of those seven plays or more. But the Rams also need to not blitz. And yet, on those third and five situations, the Rams blitz about one third of the time. So let's say Burrow you know, hits his average, gets seven of those third and five situations in the Super Bowl. 
probably two or three of those are going to occur against the blitz because of the rate that the Rams have blitzed in those situations, which means we're looking at only four or five plays in this game where Burrow's even going to have the opportunity to scramble, to pick up those 10 yards that he needs to hit the over. So, you know, like I said, obviously he's capable of it. He is a good athlete and, you know, um, at LSU, he was used as to scramble much more often. So it's, it's, we could lose this bet. It's possible. He's, he's a good athlete, but I just don't think you can take the, I don't think there's any scenario where you could take the over in this game, knowing how, what a small percentage of the game that you're going to have the opportunity for him to run for 10 or more yards. It looks like there's only going to be four or five plays in this game where the conditions are right for him to have that type of a run. And the fact that he has just taken off in those situations at a pretty low rate, I love the under and this bet. And, you know, I, I took it at eight and a half. I took it again at nine and a half just to get a little bit of a cushion because when you're dealing with such a low number that uh, one yard is actually, you know, a fairly significant percentage of the yardage that we're talking about. So I would go ahead and place that bet right away and keep an eye on it, you know, you know, maybe it goes up again. I, I don't know. It, se- it definitely seems like the public is overreacting to uh, those really high-profile moments in the Chiefs game, which is, has given us a really good number to hit the under on on this prop bet. Another Joe Burrow bet that I like. Uh, I'm slightly less confident in this one, but I still like it. I like the over on his passing yards. It's up to two seventy-six and a half. Um, this I talked about this a little bit heading into the AFC Championship game and where I also like the over for Burrow's passing yards, just because the Bengals have become a much more pass-heavy team. Um, Their early down pass rate specifically, I think, really drives home this point of how they're just having more faith in Burrow in the passing game lately. In Burrow's last five games, their early down pass rate is 63%. In their first 14 games of the year, it was 54%. They've really increased it from you know, for most of the season, they were trying to be a pretty balanced offense on early downs, and they've really significantly increased it. 63% would rank among the league leaders over the course of a full season, but it doesn't seem like the prop number has adjusted at all. It's This is, you know, in the range where Burroughs passing yards prop has been for pretty much the whole season. Uh, but then again, for this specific matchup against the Rams defense, obviously they're a very good defense, but I think Burrow is going to have a chance to have some big plays in this game, which would in, it increases the opportunity for him to hit the over on this um, based on the fact that the Rams like to blitz. And if we look at games, you know, I said the Rams already, they blitz at in a neutral game stuff at a, a top five rate, uh, slightly over 30%. Burrow has been blitzed 30% or higher in five games this year. And in those games, he's averaged 10 yards per pass attempt compared to 8.3 yards per pass attempt in all other games. So teams that blitz him at a high rate, you know, you can get to him. They have a, you know, he takes sacks, he holds onto the ball for too long, and they have a shaky offensive line. So it could potentially be a good overall strategy, but I do think it increases the probability of him, you know, picking up chunks of passing yards in this game just because he's going to throw the ball downfield in those situations, try to take advantage of those one-on-one matchups that he'll get when you blitz. And so increases opportunities for big plays for like Chase and Higgins on the outside. Um, and then, you know, the final factor here is just the game script. You know, if, if you're, I would be feel more confident betting this, if you're also thinking that the Rams are going to control this game, obviously the Rams are favored in this one. We think the game script is going to uh, push us towards the Bengals passing more often in the second half. 
So I think that's a few factors there that all add up to liking the over for Burroughs passing yards at 276 and a half. On the Rams side of things, there's also two props I like for Matthew Stafford. The first one, uh, I'm, I have a lot of confidence in this, although the, the juice isn't necessarily in our favor. It's uh, over 0.5 interceptions for Matthew Stafford. Um, Stafford obviously has thrown interceptions at a fairly high rate this season, but I think this game in particularly should give us a lot of confidence that he is going to uh, throw at least one interception against this Bengals defense. And it really has a lot to do with something that I also talked about last week, where Stafford is much less effective against the combination of zone coverage with standard pressure. So when teams do not blitz, they just bring four fewer pass rushers. And we talked about this last week in regards to Stafford's uh, passing yards propped. I like the under, and unfortunately he hit the over pretty easily. Um, And that obviously had a lot to do with game script. The fact that the 49ers were uh, leading for a significant portion of that game and into the second half, obviously forced Rams to throw more often. So we we lost that bet. But if we look at how the 49ers approached Stafford in the game, I think that we had the right logic to think that they were going to try to use that, um, use that zone coverage, standard pressure combination. They use that on 68.8% of Stafford's dropback significantly above their team average. And it was actually the fifth highest rate that Stafford has faced all year. So we were right to assume that the 49ers were aware of Stafford struggling in those situations a little bit and increasing their usage of that zone standard pressure combination. Uh, obviously the game script just, you know, shifted uh, in a slightly unexpected direction and forced the Rams to throw at a high rate. So we lost that prop, but Um, The fact that we were on the right track and expecting that usage of that combination to increase a lot makes me think that the Bengals are very likely aware of it as well. Um, And I think that they should also increase their usage of that, especially because they already use that zone standard pressure rate slightly above the league average. League average is 54%. Bengals have used it on 60% of opponent dropbacks this season. So they're going to use it at a fairly high rate, probably increasing it above what they've used before, assuming they're aware of Stafford's struggles in this situation. And if we look at Stafford's interception performance against that zone standard pressure combo, that's accounted for 14 of his 18 interceptions on the season. Very high percentage, despite the fact that he's only faced it on about 60% of his dropbacks. So his, this is where his interceptions are coming from. If we if we break it down just by uh, rate, his interception rate versus zone standard pressure is 3.2% versus all other combinations of schemes and coverages, 1.3% is his interception rate. So it nearly triples his, his interception rate, nearly triples when he's facing that zone standard pressure combination. So the fact that we're expecting it to him to face that at, at least 60% based on the Bengals usage, probably much higher than that if they're smart enough to increase their rates uh, specifically against Stafford. Uh, I think there's a very high probability that Stafford throws at least one pick in this game. Another Stafford prop that I like, probably uh, a slightly surprising prop that you probably haven't, don't pay much attention to for Stafford, but I like the over on his rushing yards in this game. It's only set to five and a half because obviously uh, the Bengal or the Rams do not design runs for Stafford very often. Uh, we're going to be hoping for a scramble to hit the over on this, but I do think the Bengals defense, uh, the way that they approach him is going to increase the probability that he, he scrambles once or twice in this game and picks up the over. The, the key is really their use of standard pressure. Obviously we talked about how the Bengals like to use the, 
standard pressure zone coverage combination 60% of the time. But uh, if we just look at their use of standard pressure, it accounts, they, they blitz on only 18% of dropbacks. So 82% of the time they're bringing that standard pressure rate. That's the, that's the third highest rate of using standard pressure in the league this season. And that's going to dramatically increase the probability of Stafford scrambling at least once or twice in this game, excluding kneel downs. 84% of Stafford's rushing yards have been picked up on scrambles this season. So it's not QB snakes or design runs or anything like that. It's he's scrambling to pick up the majority of his rushing yards. However, he only scrambled once on 158 dropbacks versus the blitz. So against a team that blitzes a lot, you would think Stafford's chances of rushing, uh, picking up the over at his rushing yards probably pretty low, but the Bengals being one of the least blitz heavy teams in the league Stafford's probably going to have the possibility of a scramble on almost all of his dropbacks in this game just because of how rare it is for the Bengals to blitz against anybody, specifically against Stafford, since he is a he has been very good at uh, picking up big plays against the blitz this year. So I would expect the Bengals uh, to probably blitz even less than they normally do in this game against Stafford. So the possibility of a, bl- of a scramble for Stafford is out there on pretty much any of his dropbacks. Um, And when Stafford does scramble, he picks up at least six yards exactly 50% of the time this year. So with the over set to five and a half and him picking up six or more yards and 50% of his scrambles, basically, even if he scrambles once in this game, we think we basically have a 50-50 shot of hitting the over. And because the Bengals are probably going to bring standard pressure at such a high rate, probability of him having two or more scrambles in this game is decent. So I I like the over. I think that, you know, this is a pretty favorable matchup for him against the Bengals defense for him to get a couple opportunities to scramble. And, you know, hopefully at least one of them is, you know, at least, you know, four or five yards. And, you know, I think we've got a really good chance to win this one, even though it's uh, kind of an unexpected prop. The Stafford rushing yards over is one of my more confident props this week. Let's jump now to the running backs in this game on the Bengals side uh, for Joe Mixon. I like the under on his rushing yards. Uh, this line opened at 64 and a half. It's dropped to 62 and a half. Um, so I don't, I don't love the trend driving it down a little bit lower, but uh, only one running back against the Rams this year was listed at 60 higher than 64 and a half. So where this opened up, Stafford was uh, listed at the second highest line. Um, the only other player was Elijah Mitchell. He was lined above that in all three of his games against the Rams. That the fact that it even started up at that high of a number was kind of shocking to me because, as I mentioned, the Bengals have become much more pass heavy late in the season. Also, the fact that they're underdogs in this game going up against a good Rams defense, it just doesn't really add up for him to have such a high line. So I still like it at 62 and a half. Um, if you're interested, I would try to get it quickly because I wouldn't be surprised if it drops by another couple of yards just because it, it is a really strange line given all of the factors here in this game. Um and just to dive into some of the numbers specifically on the Rams run defense, looks looking specifically at the, the Rams performance against 11 personnel, because that accounts for two thirds of Mixon's carries when the Bengals are in 11 personnel and versus 11, the Rams rank second in yards per attempt allowed to running backs. And I think the key number here is they contact the ball carrier at or behind the line of scrimmage on 46% of attempts in 11 personnel. That's a really troubling number for Mixon because against this shaky Bengals offensive line, they already struggle to create running room for Mixon. 
In 11 personnel, Mixon was contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage on 49% of his carries. That's the third highest rate in the league. So he does not get running room against anybody in these situations. And the Rams run defense is probably one among the best in the league in these against 11 personnel. So the fact that we, the Bengals are trending towards becoming more pass heavy, they're playing as underdogs in this game probably doesn't set up for a great second half game script for Mixon's usage. And we don't really expect him to have a lot of running room. I would not expect him to get a lot of uh, big runs in this game against the Rams. So uh, all that adds up to me liking the under at 62 and a half. Uh, even if it dropped to 60 or so, I'd probably still like the under at that number. Um, but definitely, if you're interested, definitely recommend getting it quickly because I would not be surprised if the line continues to drop. On the Rams side of things, we've got some props I like for both Cam Akers and Sony Michelle. For Akers, obviously, based on his usage over the past couple of weeks, it seems like he's back to being the workhorse for them. They're going to trust him for the bulk of, of the opportunities here. So I like the over on his rushing yard. It's set to 63 and a half. Um, and again, this has to do with a specific matchup based on his usage and how the Bengals stack up. 82% of Akers carries this postseason have been 11 personnel. So we're talking both teams to run the ball in 11 personnel the majority of the time. And if you look at the Bengals run defense numbers against 11 personnel, they're not bad. They rank 15th overall in yards per attempt allowed to running backs in 11 personnel. But If you dig a little deeper, there's some concerning numbers here, specifically in how the Bengals perform against 11 personnel in situations that are more ambiguous for run-pass situations. They tend to do very well when it's an obvious run situation, third and short situation, for example. But in these more ambiguous situations, uh, the, the numbers are pretty concerning. So first down, obviously, that's a situation where you could run or pass. Lots of teams tend to be... Uh, around 50-50 in that situation. The Bengals ranked 25th in yards per attempt allowed versus 11 personnel on first down. So in that ambiguous first down situation, Bengals tend to struggle. Second and five or fewer yards is another one of those situations where it's kind of ambiguous. You could go either direction with runner or pass play calls in that situation. Bengals ranked 23rd in yards per attempt allowed versus 11 personnel in that situation. So those are two ambiguous run pass play call situations. Bengals really struggle to defend the run in both of those. And 80% of Acres carries this postseason have come in those two down and distance scenarios. So that's when Acres is coming out of the field. That's when he's running the ball. And those are the two significant weaknesses for the Bengals run defense. So I would expect Acres to have a much more efficient game um, than he has in the past couple of games this postseason based on the Bengals' struggles. This is a really specific uh, situation where the Bengals' weakness really doesn't seem to match up very well with uh, what the Rams are going to try to do as far as running the ball. So I think it's a pretty significant advantage for Cam Akers in the run game. And, you know, I would also say, you know, based on where the line is, obviously we're expecting game script to be favorable for Akers, but definitely factor that into your betting here. If, you know, if you're on the Bengals in this game, maybe you want to stay away from this rushing yards prop for acres because he, in order for him to hit the over here, I definitely think the Rams need to be controlling the game and playing with the lead Uh, in the NFC championship game against San Francisco, the Rams ran 22 plays while trailing and acres was only on the field for six of those. 
So if the Rams fall behind, it definitely seems like Sony Michelle is going to come onto the field and see more action because they seem to trust him a little bit more in the passing game. Um, and so he's probably also going to get a few more carries just by virtue of being on the field more often in that situation. So, you know, I'm approaching this. Um, I don't have a strong take on the line one way or the other, but I'm definitely, uh, you know, think it's, you know, makes sense for the Rams to be favored by a few points in this game. So I'm approaching this from the mindset that the Rams are probably going to have the favorable game script for continuing to run the ball in the second half. Um, and, you know, assuming that happens, I think Akers is going to have a lot of success and get a decent number of opportunities. Now, Sony Michelle is also going to factor in here. He's continued to see the field um, regardless of the game script, although, you know, obviously his usage will increase if they fall behind. Um, but even if they're leading, I like Sony Michelle's anytime touchdown prop in this game. I think that uh, because Akers' usage has been much higher than Michelle, I think that the line here, uh, seems to acres is at plus 115 to score an anytime touchdown. Um, but Michelle's prop has been available anywhere from plus 200 to plus 240. So if you're interested, shop around a little bit. You, there seems to be a bit of a range here in the numbers. Um, acres has three carries inside the five yard line this postseason, and Michelle only has one. So Michelle or acres has obviously out touched Michelle significantly in the postseason and out touched him inside the five yard line. But I'm not sure that the goal line usage is so clear cut because the Rams have run nine plays inside the five yard line. Michelle's been on the field for five of them. Akers only four. So even though Akers has gotten the carries, the fact that Michelle has been on the field for a, a number of those, for more of those plays, I don't know that, that necessarily makes me believe that Akers is definitely going to get the majority of the touches down near the goal line. Obviously Michelle is built for that as well, that, you know, they're both capable of being a goal line type of back. So I, I would not be surprised if we continue to see Michelle on the field for more of those plays because he is more trusted in the passing game. If he comes out onto the field inside the five yard line, the defense pro is probably thinking more along the lines of this could be a run or a pass, which probably favors the Rams ability to run the ball. If Akers comes out on the field because he's been on the field uh, less frequently in passing situations, it probably makes the defense more keyed up to stop the run. Probably makes it harder for them to run the ball, obviously. So I like the, I like a, the probability of Michelle getting on the field in those situations. Um, and with, you know, much, much longer odds, anywhere from plus 200 to plus 240, as I said, I think that's a, those are pretty favorable numbers for Michelle. So I like throwing a little something on the anytime touchdown prop for Sony Michelle in this game. Let's jump over to the wide receivers in this game. Uh, the first one, again, this is one of my more confident props. Uh, and it's the Jamar Chase longest reception over 27 and a half yards. And it has a lot to do with the Rams blitz rate, which we talked about a little bit earlier. They blitz in a neutral game script at a top five rate. Um, and Chase and Burrow have been excellent at connecting against the blitz. Burrow has done an exceptional job of finding those one-on-one uh, -on -one matchups with both Chase and Higgins to a slightly lesser degree. Um, but when those opportunities present themselves, they like to take shots downfield. Chase has 14 receptions of at least 28 yards, which is what he would need to hit the over in this game. Uh, seven of those, exactly half, have occurred when Burrow was blitzed. That's a really significant uh, number. It's, it's much higher than you would expect based on how often Burrow is blitzed. So 50% of his big plays occur when Burrow is blitzed, despite the fact that Burrow's only been blitzed 
20% of the time this season. So obviously they've done a great job of taking advantage of those blitzing situations and cashing in on some big plays. And obviously, you know, we think the Rams are going to blitz Burrow at a much higher rate. You know, it's possible that the Rams adjust a little bit and dial back their blitz, but they have not been the type of team or the type of defense that has made a lot of adjustments game to game. Um, just to throw out another example, Kyler Murray is another quarterback who's done very well against the blitz this season. And the Rams continued to blitz him at a pretty high rate around a third of the time this season when they played him. So, you know, that was a quarterback they were obviously very familiar with should have should know that he was you know having success against the blitz this season and they didn't really ever make those adjustments um they tend to just sort of have their defensive philosophy and they go out and they execute their game plan regardless of the matchup for the most part so i would expect them to continue to you know approach burrow the same i don't think they'll significantly dial back their blitz and so if they're going to blitz at a high rate i definitely think that increases the chances of chase cashing in on a long play um, and so, you know, let's look at some examples of Burrow in past games. He's been blitzed at a 25% rate or higher seven times this season. In five of those seven games, Chase hit the over on his longest prop, hitting for 34 or more yards in all five of those wins. So when teams have come at the Burrow at a decent rate, Chase has been consistently cashing in with big plays down the field. And, you know, just to throw a little one number on the Ram side of things, they give up 30 plus yards at the ninth highest rate in the league. So although their defense is very good, probably partially because they blitz a lot, they are susceptible to giving up some big plays downfield. So the fact that the Rams blitz a lot, they've given up big plays at a decent rate and Chase and Burrow have a great connection in those situations. I, I really like the over on Chase's longest reception prop at 27 and a half yards. The next wide receiver prop that I like, although less confident than I am with the chase one, is the over on Cooper Cup's receiving yards. It's at 104 and a half right now. It opened at 105 and a half. So unfortunately, it's trending uh, in an unfavorable direction for us. But I, st- I still like it at 104 and a half. Just my confidence is down downgraded slightly. Uh, and it really has to do with the Bengals can't defend the slot. And that's where Cooper Cup lines up. Uh, the Bengals on the defending the slot this season, they give up a 70% completion rate that ranks 25th overall. They give up 8.6 yards per slot target that ranks 27th overall. Cooper cup lines up in the slot 73% of the time and accounts for 44% of the Rams targets to players in the slot. And I wouldn't be surprised if that rate increases a little bit. If uh, Tyler Higby is indeed out and can't play this week because he obviously does slide over to the slot occasionally. Uh, so, you know, all, all that adds up to this just being a really uh, favorable situation for Cup. I would expect them to uh, potentially even increase his usage in this game, knowing that that's a specific weakness of the Bengals' defense. Um, the Bengals have, have actually not given up uh, big days to receivers at a high rate this year. They've only given up 100 yards to six uh, receivers. That does not include the 100-yard game that Najee Harris had. Obviously, that's a, a completely different situation. Can't really compare Cup to running back production in the passing game, but six receivers or tight ends have had a hundred or more yards against the Bengals this season. I'll run through the list real quick. Uh, and the trend will probably become pretty obvious. Devonte Adams, George Kittle, AJ Brown, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and Mike Williams. Mike Williams is maybe a little bit of an outlier there. Everybody else lines up in the slot uh, at a pretty significant rate, but in that game, even Mike Williams had a lot of success from the slot. 
and uh, slightly fewer opportunities. But when he was in the slot, Herbert found him. Um, all of those receivers had at least 50 yards from the slot against the Bengals and all of them topped a hundred yards in the game overall. So, you know, when you've got a go-to target for the opposing team in the slot, they're probably going to have a big game against the Bengals because the Bengals have just not been able to stop any slot receivers this year. I also think another factor in this game, like we already talked about, the Bengals do not blitz at a high rate. I think that makes it even easier for Stafford to just keep peppering cup with targets in this game. Uh, there were, as I said, the Bengals blitz 18% of the time. Uh, Stafford has had nine games this year where he's been blitzed at a 20% rate or less. In those nine games, Cup's averages were 8.5 receptions and 108.6 yards per game. He topped 100 yards in five of those nine games. Uh, so th- those aren't overwhelming numbers. They fall pretty close in line with uh, what Cup's props are available at in this game. But, you know, I, with it just with it being the Super Bowl, with the Rams likely coming out, you know, you, you're not going to want to screw around or anything in this game. You want to come out and do what you do best right out of the gate, especially when it matches up so well with the opposing team's weakness. So, if I were the Rams, my game plan would be to come out and just go right after Cooper Cup over and over again, peppering him with targets in the slot, knowing that that's what you do best on offense. That's arguably what the Bengals do worst on defense. Uh, you know, I would just make them prove that they can stop it. You know, that that's your strength. Make them prove that they, they can come up with some kind of way to slow down Cooper Cup. That, that's, that's how I would approach that game, at least. So I, I'm leaning towards the over in this game. As I said, the fact that it's trending in that same direction is making me lose a little bit confidence as the line gets higher and higher, obviously. But I, I still like it at 104 and a half yards. So if, if you're on the same page as me, definitely get it quickly because, again, I wouldn't be stunned if that line increases closer to game day. One more wide receiver prop, um, and it's really the only long shot prop that I'm giving out for the Super Bowl, but it's the anytime touchdown for Ben Skoranek. It's at plus 1,200. Skoranek is the rookie receiver for the Rams, um, and his usage potentially increases if Tyler Higby cannot go. So, I have, it it seems like most of the way the lines are set um, is based on the probability that Higby does not play, but this is one line that does not seem to have adjusted at all. Um, Lines for all the other Rams tight ends, Kendall Blanton and uh, Bryson Hopkins definitely seem to be uh, placed at a range where uh, the sports books are prepared for Higby to not play. They're not, they're not, uh, they're really not in a favorable line in any, in any of those numbers. They're pretty similar to Higby's numbers, but Ben Skoranek's numbers does not seem to have been adjusted at all. And he did seem to have a slightly increased usage um, he, specifically in the red zone, which I found was interesting. Now he's six foot three. So it, it makes sense that he would see uh, some increased usage in the red zone. He was on the field for a, three of the 11 plays the Rams ran in the red zone after Higby's injury against San Francisco. So the fact that he's getting on the field in those situations, we also saw him get a, uh, he had that one dropped touchdown pass on that deep ball from Stafford against San Francisco too. Uh, so we know that the Rams are also uh, willing to potentially use him to stretch the field a bit. Um, so that's, that's also a possibility where he could score. It's appropriately a long shot, but expecting him to potentially see increased usage if Higby can't play in this game. Uh, I think that that is just way too high. I think that, 
you know, that this number should be, you know, maybe half that if Higby doesn't play. And, you know, if at some point we learn Higby won't play, I wouldn't be surprised if that line does actually drop a little bit because we did see his usage increase a little bit after the injury. So that's, that's what the one long shot that I'm on for this week. Uh, the Ben Skoranek touchdown at plus 1200. And now I'll give out one uh, special teams prop. Um, and that's the over on Evan McPherson's field goals at one and a half. Um, you know, this seems like a fairly obvious one. It's at minus 140. So not the odds aren't really in your favor in taking this, but I still really like it. Um, it's partially because we just know the Bengals have extreme faith in his legs. Uh, they, they have, he's been on fire this postseason. They obviously have a lot of faith in him hitting those long field goals. It would not be shocking if they attempted a field goal beyond 50 yards at some point in this game. But it also has to do with the Rams red zone defense. The Rams allow a touchdown only 54% of the time when teams reach the red zone. So for McPherson, you know, if the Rams get stopped or if the Bengals get stopped and have to attempt a long field goal, they're definitely willing to do that. They have a lot of faith in McPherson. They're, they're going to trot him out there for a 50 yard or if the opportunity presents itself. And then the odds of them being forced to settle for a short field goal in this game is also pretty high given the Rams success in the red zone. So I think the odds are pretty good that McPherson gets at least two field goals in this game. So I'm on the over for Evan McPherson's field goals at one and a half. That's all for this week. And that's all for this season. Thanks for joining me all year. It's really been a really fun season talking NFL props with you. And as always, hope you guys have a fun and profitable Super Bowl. 